Are you looking for more ways to learn about military and veteran culture? Are you a mental health professional or public health professional without lived experience in the military but find yourself working with veterans? Are you a caregiver or a family member of a veteran? Then you might be interested in a series of books that have been released with you in mind. By going to veteranmentalhealth.com forward slash books, you can check out three books that give you an insight into veteran mental health from a combat veteran perspective. These books are a collection of short, consumable essays that discuss a wide range of topics related to mental health and wellness in post-military life. Head on over to veteranmentalhealth.com forward slash books and check them out for yourself or follow the link in the show notes. Welcome to episode 43 of the Headspace and Timing podcast. Today, we're going to take a serious look at a serious subject that veterans are all too familiar with, veteran suicide. Join me in the discussion. You just might save a life. Welcome to the Change Your POV Podcast Network. You're listening to Headspace and Timing, a show dedicated to breaking down the stereotypes about veteran mental health. My name is Dwayne France, and I'm a combat veteran of both Iraq and Afghanistan. After I retired from the Army, I took on a new mission as a clinical mental health counselor for my fellow service members. If you served in any branch of the military, you're familiar with the M2 machine gun, the 50 cal. It's one of the most effective weapons in the military's arsenal. If the weapon's headspace and timing wasn't set right, however, it was just a huge useless chunk of metal. Veterans can be rendered inoperable if their headspace and timing isn't set correctly either. That's my goal with this show, to change the way that we think and talk about veteran mental health and reduce the stigma against seeking support. Each week, we'll talk with mental health professionals, veterans, and those who support veteran service members and their families. We're going to have real and honest conversations about a topic that most just don't like to talk about, veteran mental health. Let's jump into this week's conversation. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Headspace and Timing, a show dedicated to changing the way that you think about and talk about veteran mental health. If you're a longtime listener of the show, you know that we often have discussions with mental health professionals and veterans uh, about veteran mental health and about how uh, their journey towards veteran mental health um, can be uh, can be supported. Uh, but today I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, a serious topic. And as you can see by the title of this uh, episode, that the serious topic is uh, veteran suicide. You know, uh, about once a month, uh, I'm going to try to have a discussion about a blog post uh, that I've written uh, over on VeteranMentalHealth.com. Uh, and this one is kind of like that, except for the fact that uh, this blog post hasn't been written yet, and it will come out shortly after uh, this episode airs. But uh, there's been something that's uh, that's really been on my mind recently, um, and, uh, and it's on the, the mind of a lot of mental health professionals and a lot of veterans, uh, and that is the topic of veteran suicide. Um, it has uh, touched me um, uh, uh, specifically over the last uh, month or so, um, both personally and professionally, as I've had uh, former service members uh, that I served with and, uh, and then people that I interact with um, have, uh, have gotten to the point where uh, they thought that taking their own life was something that, uh, that they felt they, they couldn't avoid or, or had to do. Now, thankfully, um, uh, everyone that uh, that I have spoken to over the last couple months uh, has uh, has not gone on to taking their own life, and they've reached out and they've uh, they've accepted help or they've got help or they've sought help, uh, and and that's the critical thing. But 
that's uh, that's sort of why I decided to have a conversation about suicide. Um, and uh, there are both uh, uh, too many and not enough conversations sometimes about this. But, uh, but I just wanted to bring out some points. Um, and so I'm going to talk a little bit about sort of the topic of veteran suicide. Uh, I want to talk about, uh, you know, the problem, the problem to be solved. Um, uh, and then really go into sort of one major misconception a lot of people might have about veteran suicide. Uh, and that's whether or not it's uh, sort of an on or off switch. And so uh, just to, uh, to have a conversation about it and uh, would really love to hear your feedback. Um, you can find us on the uh, Change Your POV Squad on Facebook, uh, the Headspace and Timing page on Facebook, uh, and uh, a lot of different locations, uh, especially, as always, changeyourpov.com and veteranmentalhealth.com. So to really get started, uh, we know that there is an epidemic of veteran suicide in our nation and around the world. Um, it's been identified by a lot of different studies uh, that the rate of veteran suicide compared to those who never served in the military is very significant. There's a lot of discussions about it, a lot of attempts to overcome it, and a lot of studies trying to understand it. Uh, unfortunately, um, it, it continues to happen. Uh, the significant challenge, though, is that uh, veteran suicide is not the problem that we need to be focusing on. Yes, it's a huge problem and, and one that has personally impacted my life. I've had family members consider and contemplate taking their own life. Uh, I've lost more of my former battle buddies to suicide since returning from combat than I did in actual combat. And, uh, and yes, it is a huge problem to be solved, but it's not the main one that, uh, in my opinion, we need to be focusing on. We as a nation, as a community, need to solve the underlying problem that leads to each individual veteran suicide. Identifying that problem is the challenge, uh, and identifying each of those problems is a challenge. A veteran doesn't commit suicide just because they have PTSD. That's the first thing that many people and many discussions that I have that they think that a veteran who's taken their own life, well, of course, they must have had PTSD. Well, that's the, uh, the overwhelming story that, uh, that obviously uh, veterans these days, um, one, they have PTSD, two, that they're suicidal. But studies have shown that a service member who takes their own life doesn't do so because they've been in combat. A study in 2013 didn't see combat deployments as a risk factor, but instead a service member is at greater risk for suicide if they were one, male, two, had a substance use disorder, and three, had a pre-existing mental health condition. And the greatest number of veterans who took their own life in 2014, according to a VA study, were ages 50 and older. Cold War veterans, maybe Gulf War and Vietnam veterans, but they weren't veterans who had experienced recent combat. And so the idea that a veteran who commits suicide must have had PTSD really kind of still plays into that, uh, that stereotype of, you know, the broken warrior or, you know, the, the battle scarred, uh, um, uh, veteran. But, uh, one of the things that, uh, that I try to get across is the fact that, um, the suicide is a symptom. It's an indicator of the deeper problem. Um, if you go back and take a look at the Veteran Mental Health Boot Camp, a series that we conducted back at the end of December in 2017, and you can look at all of those different shows that we did, and each of those aspects uh, has a potential of, uh, of a veteran uh, ultimately taking their own life. In that series, we looked at many of the different aspects of veteran mental health going beyond just PTSD and TBI. Veteran suicide is a very real danger if all or any of these problems aren't addressed. 
Of course, besides just PTSD and TBI, a veteran with a significant substance use disorder may get to the point where taking their own life is an option for them. If they're struggling with depression or anxiety, it may have nothing to do with PTSD, but still be in danger of taking their own life. A lack of purpose and meaning, hopelessness about the future is a significant contributor to the negative thoughts that surround veteran suicide. Moral injury with its impact of guilt and shame around things that were done or seen can lead to the struggle and inner turmoil. Not being able to meet our needs after the service, whether it's financially, economically, or or no stability in housing or employment, these can lead to hopelessness and despair or a lack of stable and fulfilling relationships. Any one of these can take a veteran to the brink of taking their own life. And that's where the challenge is, is people want to address veteran suicide. Yes, it's the epidemic that is currently here. It's the thing that's in front of us. But if you keep a veteran from taking their own life or if a veteran reaches out and, and stops uh, sort of the suicidal cycle, then, uh, then that's only part of the problem, um, the, the underlying cause, why the, the veteran felt as though taking their own life was, uh, was something that was necessary or even contemplating that. That's what we need to understand. And so if you, you know, yes, you, you take suicide off the table as an option, but it doesn't help the veteran become well. It doesn't help them become better. It doesn't help them grow stronger. It just removes that as an option uh, without really addressing the underlying challenges. Suicide is simply an extreme manifestation of a veteran's inability to manage these challenges. The problem then becomes not how do we keep veterans from taking their own life, but how do we help veterans become aware of these challenges that they're experiencing and help them reduce the impact of these challenges? Once that happens, then suicide takes care of itself. You're listening to Headspace and Timing on the Change Your POV Podcast Network. So there's another point about suicide that I wanted to talk about, and it's a common misconception that many people have. The thought of someone taking their own life is is really not sort of an on or off switch. It's not that you're either suicidal or you're not. And a lot of the discussions that I have with veterans um, that, that I see in my clinical practice, um, I talk about this with them, and, and many of them believe the same thing, that it's you're, you either are or you aren't. Uh, and so I tell them that we need to look at suicide sort of as a continuum from, you know, uh, from one, one end to the other. And as you go from one end to the other, the danger increases. So on the low end, uh, a veteran may have some very vague thoughts about, uh, you know, maybe it would be better if I just wasn't here anymore, or sometimes this sucks so bad that I can't deal with it. Uh, this is the first sign that our thoughts are heading down a dangerous path. Uh, beyond these vague thoughts on the continuum or more specific thoughts, I should just kill myself and all of this would go away. Again, heightened danger, and so it goes beyond this, man, you know, maybe it'd be better if I wasn't here, or, you know, this day, you know, is so bad that, uh, you know, I just wish it would end in any way, to very specifically thinking about killing themselves or taking their own life or, or something more specific than just the vague thoughts. These thoughts are coming in and out of a veteran's mind, sort of just in moments of stress, then, then of course, that's an indicator that there's something wrong and that a veteran, that we need to start talking to someone about it. 
The problem is, though, that these thoughts progress sometimes beyond just coming in and out of your mind, and the veteran can start to dwell on them. Think about them more often. Think about them more intensely. Moving along the continuum, the veteran might actually start to move beyond the if they could take their own life to how they could do it or when they could do it. Uh, A plan starts to come into focus, consideration of the method of them taking their own life. After this, again, the danger intensifies as uh, preparations are being made, acquiring the method to put the plan in action, writing a note, uh, making plans for after they're gone. Beyond making the plan in preparation is actually the attempt to take one's own life and beyond that, death by suicide. So that's the continuum uh, that uh, a lot of veterans really aren't familiar with, um, you know, that, that it's either you are or you aren't. Uh, so the continuum again, vague thoughts, moving to specific thoughts, then to dwelling on these thoughts, contemplating a plan, making a plan, preparing to carry out that plan, actually carrying out that plan, and death by suicide. And so the heartbreaking problem is that intervention is possible at any and every step in this continuum all the way up to the final one. It is literally not too late until it is too late. But this is where the continuum uh, is, is misunderstood by a lot of people. Veterans themselves are either individuals who are likely to come in contact with veterans. Um, the, the, the minute the word suicide or, or even some of this comes out, veterans are concerned that they're going to lose their safety. They're going to be concerned that the, uh, uh, the ambulance is going to come and take them in a hospital. Um, and, and of course, that is absolutely going to happen. If a veteran is at the point of, of gathering um, methods of a plan or putting that plan of action, they're not necessarily in a place where they can keep themselves safe. But if a veteran is experiencing the vague thoughts or, or sort of the in and out thoughts sort of on the lower end of the continuum, then there may not necessarily be a need to, to hospitalize. Um, it's not an immediate crisis and it's something that we can actually get the veteran connected with someone who can help them with that, uh, before it gets to the point of crisis. And this is some of the problem when it comes to, to working with the mental health counselor, working with a mental health professional is that everybody waits until maybe a crisis has occurred or even a post crisis, perhaps where there is an attempt. And then after the attempt, uh, has been, uh, has been made and the veteran doesn't, uh, doesn't die because of that attempt, uh, that then they seek mental health counseling. Um, and so this is a way to really try to get upstream of some of the problem and address it before it becomes a crisis. Uh, and so this is a, a, a very real thing that we need to pay attention to is um, that the misconceptions that we have around suicide that, uh, that the first thing that you do is, you know, you, you get them into a hospital, you get them into the emergency room. If the veteran is just struggling with some vague thoughts and they're starting to, to feel some, some emotions or even a little bit more of the specific thoughts, reaching out at that point makes it less likely that the veteran is going to be hospitalized um, because of a, a crisis moment uh, and actually has a better prognosis, better, better outcomes than, uh, than if we were waiting until later in the continuum. Uh, some of the challenge, though, with this, uh, with this continuum is that a veteran or anyone considering taking their own life, uh, they can progress through these steps at their own pace and at their own time. 
I, I often describe it as either a long, slow-burning fuse uh, in which a veteran will remain in a stage of constant consideration about these or rumination or thinking about these uh, spe- specific thoughts for weeks, months, or even years, and then progress through the final stages in a matter of minutes. Or it can be a short, quick-burning fuse in which someone can progress from vague thoughts to putting a plan into action and, and actually making an attempt in the space of an hour. And this is where the insidiousness of suicide really comes in, is that it can you can have many signs or no signs at all. Uh, there's danger in suicide. Uh, and this is the danger that it has the potential to shock and surprise those who are left behind. Along with the shock and surprise, of course, comes pain, grief, and guilt. The one individual who knows exactly what is going on is also the one who may have the least ability to keep it from happening, the veteran in crisis themselves. This is where honest discussions of safety can come in, that there's a network of trust in place so that the veteran can reach out to a trusted, non-judgmental source of support. So besides just this this continuum idea and and addressing the problem of of, uh, veteran suicide, um, I have a lot more uh, resources on my website, veteranmentalhealth.com, that really kind of talk about these things in depth. In depth, um, a lot of it is uh, is because it really is uh, trying to bring the problem out, um, trying to address the problem of veteran suicide, so that we can then have that next discussion of uh, of of why the veteran suicide is occurring. And, uh, and also there are a lot of resources. Uh, there's, there's many different things that you can do about it, you know, reading about it or listening to this podcast. Yeah, sure. It helps raise awareness, but once you're aware of the problem, then you have to do something about it. And there's tons of ways to get involved. Uh, the American foundation for suicide prevention has many ways for you to take action. Countless organizations involved in attempting to combat the problem of veteran suicide Some are trying to take a a technological approach like the Objective Zero app uh, and the VA's uh, Reach Vet program that's trying to use predictive analytics to identify veterans at risk before it's too late. And uh, and there's even social media sites trying to use algorithms to identify troubling posts. Uh, Campaigns like uh, the VA's Be There, hashtag Be There campaign and Given Hours campaign to change direction are all national initiatives that are attempting to make a difference, essentially saying to each veteran struggling in silence, reach out. So I'm going to have links to all of these different uh, things in the show notes, but uh, you could type in suicide prevention into Google and you would get hundreds of thousands of hits within minutes. Um, but that's what this is trying to do to help you to understand that, uh, that, that raising awareness in veterans and their families in the community uh, that there's nothing wrong in reaching out for veteran mental health support and everything right with it. And so uh, I, I would like to uh, identify a couple of different topics, uh, a couple of different blog posts that I've written about this, uh, because it is a critical subject. Uh, the first is a, a post uh, that was written really a couple of years ago. It's uh, called We Lost Another Veteran Yesterday. Uh, it was written in response to two incidents in a single day. Uh, I read of another veteran suicide, uh, as as we often do, but uh, I read of a, a high-ranking veteran suicide. Um, oh, I, perhaps it was on social media, but as we see that kind of thing, um, I heard about one veteran suicide, and then later that day, another veteran that I knew reached out before it was too too late. 
And so I was able to, we were able to, me and, and, and some of my colleagues were able to get that veteran help before it was too late. And he had progressed very far down the continuum. And, and so that post was written um, to really kind of explain how I felt in that moment and, and really to, to help identify the fact that uh, we have the ability to make change. And that post was, uh, was also uh, turned into a video. You can find that uh, by going to www.veteranmentalhealth.com forward slash lost another. Uh, and uh, that will take you to the YouTube video about we lost another veteran yesterday. And it's about five minutes long, but uh, it is impactful. Another resource I wanted to let you in on is, uh, is a resource that I wrote for uh, the uh, online news outlet Task and Purpose. Those of you who are military and veterans, you're probably very familiar with this, uh, with uh, Task and Purpose, that is. Uh, but I was approached by ta Task and Purpose to write an article outlining how to talk to a veteran contemplating suicide. Uh, the article takes the basic principles of applied suicide intervention skills training, assist, uh, and demonstrates how they were applied in a particular situation. Uh, while I was still on active duty with 10th Special Forces Group, uh, I actually had the opportunity not only to attend and assist training, but to become an assist instructor. Um, and, and applied suicide intervention skills training is designed to be able to teach those individuals who are most likely to come into contact with veterans, like first responders or family, uh, teach them how to to uh, intercede, teach them how to talk to someone um, who, who is considering uh, suiciders is in this continuum. Uh, and that's one of the challenges is that uh, most mental health professionals like myself as a, a therapist um, are not going to be the first ones to see a veteran in crisis. It's usually going to be somebody um, like, a, a, you know, someone in the community, um, again, a police officer, someone in the family, someone who is a faith leader, maybe, you know, at church or something like that. And so uh, that article is a, a very good um, uh, resource to be able to understand how it, uh, how that kind of thing is applied to someone who is, uh, who is thinking of taking their own life. Uh, I've also uh, done a couple of, uh, um, a couple of posts and, and trying to get the information about the uh, 2016 veteran suicide report. You know, we hear a lot about the 20 a day and the 22 a day. Uh, and uh, in one of the earliest studies that the VA did was, uh, was flawed. They acknowledged that it was flawed uh, because it was just providing the information half of the states uh, were giving, um, and, and that was where the number 22 a day came from. But uh, in 2016, the Department of Veterans Affairs released the most comprehensive study about veteran suicides that uh, has really been conducted to this point. Uh, the report reviewed uh, the the report is reviewed in this post, uh, and it provides some insights into the statistics beyond the twenty a day number. And so the the numbers behind you know of course we know twenty veterans a day, but we really don't understand what's really behind that twenty a day. Uh, and I also conducted or I also prepared a uh, an infographic based on that suicide report. So I'm going to include that in the show notes. And the infographic shows some, uh, some very specific and, and troubling statistics. For example, uh, among OIF, OEF, OND veterans, the highest suicide rate was among male veterans 18 to 24. So looking at just those veterans of Iraq and Afghanistan, the highest suicide rate in that group 
was was for young uh, 18 to 24 year old males. Um, the the rate uh, was about 124 per 100,000 veterans in 2014. Um, another problem, challenge, whatever you want to call it, it's the truth. And 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 people say, you know, I it may uh, come out. Uh, this may come out wrong, but. Using firearms as a method of suicide was significantly high for veterans in 2014. About 67% of all veteran deaths by suicide resulted from firearm injuries. Now that doesn't mean that all suicidal veterans should uh, should remove uh, should lose their guns or take away guns from all veterans. That's not it, that's sort of the problem with some of these statistics is people make inferences uh, and try to base things off of that. These are just the facts. Um, one of the ways to do it is to, to say, you know, look, if, if I'm feeling a certain way, if I recognize that I'm on this continuum somewhere, perhaps my weapons should not be in a place that I have easy access to at that time. It doesn't mean that you need to take them away from me forever, but maybe I just shouldn't have it right now because this is where the crisis is. Uh, some of the other points. Uh, the greatest number of deaths uh, by suicide in 2014, again, I mentioned this before, veterans age 50 and older, about 65% of all veterans who died by suicide in 2014 were over 50 years old. Vietnam veterans, Gulf War veterans, Cold War veterans, Korean War veterans. Um, and so that outclipsed even the, the number of suicides for veterans of, of Iraq and Afghanistan. And the risk, the risk for suicide is 21% higher for veterans compared to U.S. civilians in 2014. They were more likely to die by suicide compared to adult peers who had never served. And then another uh, uh, statistic that had come out of that particular study that many people, uh, and even rightly so, the VA acknowledges, that the uh, of the average 20 veterans of suicide a day, only six were accessing VHA services. That means over 14 veterans who took their own life in 2014 um, of, of the average 20 a day were not receiving Veteran Health Administration services. That doesn't mean that those six were accessing mental health services, just that they were in the VA. Uh, within those 14 uh, that weren't accessing services, there there were probably uh, many different reasons. Um, some of those veterans could have had uh, bad paper um, that uh, that precluded them from accessing VA services. Uh, they might have been rural veterans who may have challenges uh, in accessing VA services. Uh, they may have been veterans who simply didn't want to access VA services. Uh, and so uh, this infographic uh, really takes a, um, a, a good look sort of at some, some uh, statistics uh, that went along with this uh, 2016 uh, study of veteran uh, suicide in 2014. So, uh, and again, just understanding the numbers behind the 20 a day. And then finally, um, there is, uh, there's a post that I wrote uh, talking about the inappropriate case for suicide. Um, there are some people that would make the case that, uh, that suicide is necessary, um, that, uh, um, that there are some reasons that uh, that one would have that would be okay for them to take their own life. At this, uh, I will absolutely clearly tell you that I do not personally believe that there is any reason, uh, a good reason for suicide. Uh, but this post explores some of the more challenging attitudes towards suicide, and it's an attempt to have a complicated conversation about a complicated subject. 
And so that's uh, that's some of the the posts that I have written about uh, veteran suicide, and uh, and and I wanted to be able to provide those to you so that uh, you could go and you could look at some more and and uh, and maybe have a conversation with the veteran. You know, I could uh, I could talk about veteran suicide all day, not because I want to, but because we have to. We have to have these honest discussions around the topic of suicide. Uh, if you're looking for more resources, I'm going to include them in the show notes. Uh, all of those posts that I just talked about, I'm going to put them there. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to uh, put in a, a link to the uh, Lost Another Veteran Yesterday uh, video. You can check that out. Uh, but I also recommend that you go back and listen to my conversation with Tony Williams, uh, a fellow veteran mental health counselor. Um, he, uh, he and I had a conversation on this podcast a while back. He said something on that episode that has stuck with me. Suicide is a national problem with a local solution. And that's the truth. We can make speeches about it. We can write novels about it. But nothing will happen unless it happens in our household, in our neighborhoods, or in our community. I'll also include blogs on the topic like Stacy Friedenthal's uh, speakingofsuicide.com and several different episodes from the Change Your POV podcast network. And finally, I want all veterans to hear this very clearly. The life you save tomorrow can and should be your own. The only veteran that I can make absolutely sure will see the sun come up tomorrow is me. The only veteran whose life you can save tomorrow is yours. Now, I know that you desperately want to save every veteran's life, and I desperately want to save every veteran's life, and I know that I can't. The responsibility is on each of us to have a real and frank conversation with those that are around us, those that love us, and those that we care for, to make sure that we know we're not alone, ever. The struggle is real, found a piece and lost a soul Eventually my drinking, it got out of control There in darkness I roam, struggling to find home See suddenly death didn't feel so alone 22 a day, destination unknown It could have been avoided if you picked up the phone But now you're gone, so I guess all we get is the tone Nothing but bone weeds, overgrown, pushing up stones I've triumphed over enemies, co-created mini-me's Broke out facilities that tried to put an end to me R.I.P., I'd rather grind in tranquility Authentic tendency, embrace my ability so there you have it, folks. Another episode of Headspace and Timing, a show dedicated to changing your perspective on veteran mental health. I'd like to thank Doc Todd for giving us permission to use the track Not Alone from his amazing album, Combat Medicine. Doc's a guy who's trying to bring the discussions about veteran mental health out of the darkness and into the light, and you need to check him out. Head over to therealdoctodd.com to purchase the album and support the cause. You're not alone, veterans. Ever. The struggle is real, found a piece and lost a soul Eventually my drinking, it got out of control There in darkness I roam, struggling to find home See suddenly death didn't feel so alone 22 a day, destination unknown It could have been avoided if you picked up the phone But now you're gone, so I guess all we get is the tone Nothing but bone weeds, overgrown, pushing up stones I've triumphed over enemies, co-created enemies Broke out facilities that tried to put an end to me R.I.P., I'd rather grind in tranquility Authentic tendency, embrace my ability
face in, gave every shred, every last thread of my identity, conquer my fragility, eliminate the enemy, deliver me God from temptation, tell me that this life is just a matrix, need a facelift, back to basics, vision LASIKs, I only feel alive when I hear the bass kick. Are you looking for more ways to learn about military and veteran culture? Are you a mental health professional or public health professional without lived experience in the military but find yourself working with veterans? Are you a caregiver or a family member of a veteran? Then you might be interested in a series of books that have been released with you in mind. By going to veteranmentalhealth.com forward slash books, you can check out three books that give you an insight into veteran mental health from a combat veteran perspective. These books are a collection of short, consumable essays that discuss a wide range of topics related to mental health and wellness in post-military life. Head on over to VeteranMentalHealth.com forward slash books and check them out for yourself or follow the link in the show notes.